0: Now join our host as he introduces the topic for today's new Cyber Frontier. Welcome to today's episode of New Cyber Frontier. On today you see that we have a round table if you're uh, looking at the video version of this, but today we have uh, all four of our hosts on. Uh, this is Christopher Gorog, we have Martha Laughman, Tim Montgomery, Sean Murray, and we also have five guests that are going to do a round table on a year in review, the special year in review episode. Uh, We have Alexander Blanc, Sebastopoluru, Dan Einrich, James Lacey, and Alfred Ortiz. All of them came up with some of our best uh, circulated shows in 2021. So we invited them back on to kind of give a cap, a recap of why they were the best shows and what they're doing right to gain attention uh, worldwide to be our, our our special guest here, um, but uh, welcome everybody. Um, Sean, welcome. How are you?
1: Well, welcome everyone. Uh, thanks, Chris. Uh, it's been a heck of a year for everyone. Um, you know, just all the stuff going on with the pandemic continuously, all the various variants, uh, the travel, and then uh, it's been super busy. Uh, I think for everyone, um, just bit to all the different things that are going on out there, but. Happy to be part of the, the contribution this year. You know, we did this last year, it went over well. And so i uh, glad to be back.
0: Yeah. Martha, a little bit from um, you. We, we kind of threw you into the mix this year, you and Tim.
2: Um, <laughs> Hi Chris. Um, I think, you know, this, this was, it was a good year. Um, I was happy to join your group here. So thank you for inviting me.
0: All right, Tim. Uh, echo
3: sentiment
4: there um martha said thank you for inviting me and uh it's always a. I, I, I thought at first getting on and hosting this chris was going to be one of those i don't know if i can do this but once i got in there it sounded like i just slingshot right into it and so it was awesome great experience i'm glad that you invited me yeah um yeah, we yeah both, year,
0: definitely. we've both been a good oh. ad for this year and yeah. uh taking some load off of me so thank you yeah. oh, um but now kind of our, you know, our, our guest today, we, we, this is our year in review. So the first kind of roundtable we're going to do is let's give a recap of what happened in 2021. What were the highlights uh, and why, uh, you know, so prominent with your shows and so well circulated. But uh, we'll
5: start with Alex. Hello. Uh, well, happy to be there. Thank you for the invite. I was kind of surprised, you know, but uh, seems that my ranting against the cloud stuff made some noise. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I'm happy because um, this is a great opportunity to make things better. Um, sadly, as we saw in 2021, to answer the question of the highlight of the of the year, uh, we see, we saw like many many changes in digital transformation that has been accelerated by the pandemic, and in that rush. We lost control of everything. <laughs> I mean, not us, but uh, World worldwide Organization. We have a lot of mistakes in that rush. And it's understandable. We are only humans. And the amount of leaks and breach and security issue that we face have been kind of terrible. Uh, although I enjoy criticizing the cloud failure because, you know, me, a privacy guy and, and stuff. Um, I think there is a big, big room for our enhancement ahead. And something that we lost this year is accountability and responsibility, because we kind of dropped everything on the pandemic, and you know we shouldn't have, as organization, as project owner, we in any situation take responsibility of our things, and when I see that we drop that, I think we have an issue. So going ahead, twenty twenty two, that's something we're going to speak about. But um, yeah, definitely accountability, responsibility, and overall taking control back on our. Information stack is something that's going to be a key.
0: All right. Sebash.
3: I can only learn how to mute my phone, or my Zoom quickly. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. Uh, thank you for having me. And I'm also kind of surprised that my uh, uh, my blabber was uh, <laughs> well listened in the podcast. <laughs> but uh, I came from a different view of uh, startups uh, because I, I do I'm a CEO of a startup and uh, my background has been uh, I'm a senior I was a senior executive with the United States government and uh, worked very heavily on the IOT and and uh, the uh, operational technology cyber security so uh, from that perspective and I echo what what Alex has been saying but there's one thing that we always miss as if we have X number of cybersecurity staff, we, we expect them to do everything that is under the umbrella of cybersecurity. So here comes the pandemic. So now we have everybody working from home, they have to take care of that and their regular jobs. So there has been a lot of stress uh, among, the, uh, among the staff. I hear that from a friend who, who has a really large uh, data center in Asia. Yeah, it's 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 been a very hard for the cybersecurity guys. But uh, this year, really notable. You know, uh, I don't have to say much. and you, know, you can just go to CISA and see it. But uh, the ransomware and uh, and uh, the malware has been the number one issue. It, it has been really, really uh, bad this year. Uh, I mean, it is it is uh, getting worse every year by year by year. And uh, and also, I mean, the underlying issue has been the supply chain and the vendor security, uh, which which uh, has been on the radar, uh, at least on my side when I was in the government, uh, uh, but uh, it's kind of really hard to encompass the whole thing and try to make it end to end secure. Uh, so that has been another big issue for us. And uh, of course, you know, the, the most important thing about cybersecurity is, you know, uh, the data and the privacy issues that we have. These are the top three issues that I see. Uh, but most importantly, I mean, I do see that uh, uh, my question and you know, that we can discuss later is how do we manage cybersecurity security when, when, when people are so stretched out? And I like uh, do do companies increase their cyber load with the more staff or how do we do this? Yeah.
0: All right. So Daniel, kind of to you, what were the highlights
6: of uh, 2021 that you saw? Excellent, pleasure to be here. And uh, my activity is focusing on industrial cybersecurity. And uh, maybe I want to surprise uh, all of you, but but there were not too many, actually very few directly oriented cyber attack on industrial control systems. And uh, we still see a situation that too many people are talking about too many incidents like the Colonia, like the JBS, but the, but these were not industrial attacks. We need to understand that these were IT-oriented ransomware. Now, why a people refer it to the industrial? Because the supply, because the service was uh, was a uh, uh, damage but it was not because of the attack because lack of business continued to prepareness so this is what ha- and what happened in the we had the old smart obviously Israeli water utility and the maybe few other but all the rest were it oriented attacks furthermore I want to say that we are still didn't reach the point that organizations will educate their people, which, which I'm I'm personally working very, very hard on with conducting classes as many as possible, but still not too many are coming. Furthermore, the obviously everybody is talking about the COVID-19 and the remote access, which many organizations uh, not do. Strongly enough. Another topic which I'm I must mention from my angle as the industrial cybersecurity experts. Too many people are talking about ITOT convergence, and this makes me upset because IT and OT networks must never converge. The data may converge, the analysis of the data may converge, but 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 uh, not the network. So. We are in. A, this is what happened. We still don't see many companies investing in strong cybersecurity. Maybe there is a reason for that because many legacy systems are installed, and this is very difficult to upgrade them. But uh, I do hope that in two thousand twenty-two we will see a progress, and uh, I'm definitely here to contribute to that. All right, James, on to
0: you.
7: Yeah, thanks Chris. Yeah, so a couple of things that that we've seen on the manufacturing side, I'll, I'll just talk a little bit about that because one of the one of the products we engage with is is heavily pushed into the manufacturing piece and with large large automotive manufacturers. Is manufacturing's been hit a lot with with this COVID mandate issue and I noticed and talking to a lot of different manufacturers, trying to figure that out. And then you add in supply chain disruption, and that's another big issue for the manufacturing sector. So one of the things we've been trying to help with is this whole issue of business continuity at CSD Cyber and helping, especially manufacturing, move move through those plans that they've had and try to deal with not only this pandemic, but also, Uh, you know, lack of supply chain to keep them moving. And I'll sort of echo what the last uh, guest said that we're looking heavily at IT on the security side, obviously, and and Al can talk a little more about the endpoint security piece, but I think we also have to look hard at OT. And, you know, in talking with manufacturers, especially on the plant floors, uh, they're very concerned about how they secure those those uh, Windows PCs, those Linux PCs, and in some cases we're seeing more Mac come on the shop floor and how do they secure those when they're trying to control things like robot arms and things on the plant floor? And that's a big issue, right? So we're, we're trying to work here in Colorado Springs anyway with, with the PTAC so that we can educate manufacturing in a more specific way on the OT side. And so we're... We're actually putting together an event on February 1st that we'd be happy to talk about uh, offline um, to educate manufacturers on how they can better secure their OT uh, situation in the plant.
0: All right, and Al. Yeah, great. Uh, Chris, thanks for having us today. Um, So just to kind
8: of echo a little bit about what Jim was saying. With regard to some of that um, ITOT divide on the industrial side, you still see a lot of organizations with regard to that DMZ, uh, where there's a break in between the two sets, right? And we're seeing that in the commercial space, but you know, from, from that perspective, we're looking at a zero trust framework. Is, is that impossible? Well, you know, maybe, maybe it isn't. But one of the things that a lot of these folks, where we have seen attacks. Is that they're always going to go to the le- point of least resistance, right? So you know, is it somebody that's plugging in an e-cigarette on an unsecured uh, desktop? That's in you know a front-end machine for a robot arm on a factory floor. Uh, where what is it that's uh, getting attacked? You know, is it the the Bluetooth? Is it the Wi-Fi environments that that there's you're having these. Um, areas where there could be some weaknesses. And when we see that, you know, I think part of the reason and part of the success that we had with regard to to our show is not only looking at it from the perspective of the technical side, but looking at the business silos that get affected by it. So when you look at, you know, your engineering and your R&D, what are they concerned about when when they're, you know, losing that information? Well, they don't want to lose proprietary information. Well, what is the finance team worried about? Well, they're worried about all of the numbers because if they get hit, you know, all that, that data gets to go out, right? And a lot of people are gonna find out some stuff they're not supposed to. So when we look at it, we have to look at it not only from what we're doing, but how are we helping in that zero trust environment along all of these different business units and then being able to help secure those the best way we can to make the entire organization, you know, cyber safe and, and also uh, business secure. You know, we we've said and, and I've heard some numbers that uh, Citibank is actually looking at spending almost a billion dollars a year on cybersecurity. And 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 those numbers are huge, right? And and really what it comes down to is these C level people are coming in and they're saying, if we don't have that cybersecurity level. What do we have? How are our customers going to trust us, right? And and that's what it comes down to. So, you know, to echo that, what does the zero trust environment look like? How are we helping support that, especially in today's world with the pandemic? And then, you know, just kind of going from there and looking at those perspectives, so.
0: All right, well, let's take a break here from our sponsors, we'll be right back in a minute. Blockframe technology offers next generation blockchain managed trust and security. Unique, non-fungible tokens are used to secure software bill of materials to provide data quality and security for every transaction in your supply chain. Deploy advanced peer-to-peer product security, scale zero trust capability to millions of IoT devices, allow vendor tracking and accountability, and rapidly reset from compromise. Unchangeable time sequence blockchain data provides next generation security using machine learning, trust algorithms, and audit analytics. Start securing your supply chain today. Contact Blockframe at www.blockframetech.com. Welcome back to New Cyber Frontier. On today, our year in review roundtable. Uh, And before the break, we let all of our guests go around and tell, you know, what was their take from the highlights of 2021? Uh, and each of them having some of our best performing shows really showed the, 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 the groundwork of what 2021 was about. And it's OT to IT and cloud and then the business of it. And that's straight across the board. They all connected there where everything's either an end node or a cloud. And what's the business of securing those? And I think that's where we're getting to. So kind of uh, coming back here, let's open up to our guest to ask any questions to different uh, or our host to ask questions to the guest about what they heard in the 2021 review. Now,
2: um, as everyone was talking One thing that I also noticed, Chris, maybe like a higher level or more general than the themes that you point out is everyone really spoke about how during this past year, when we had a time of maybe a decrease of activity and a decrease in, um, you know, movement around the world, that we actually possibly had an increase in security needs and practices, which is really interesting. And I think that we're all really aware of what's going on with the great resonation Um, in our country and you know internationally too which thankfully cybersecurity is not on the top 10 industries that are impacted but I would be curious to know everyone's thoughts on how you think what's going on socially and economically and with the great resonation like how that is not really impacting security in this past year but how are we prepping for that in this in this next year and what do you think the repercussions of that are going to be
0: Anyone in particular you want to address that to? So
8: I'll, I'll take it on, Martha.
2: Yeah, go for it. Thank you. All right, great.
8: So yeah, I think, you know, one of the things that I look at and, and I look at it from the business perspective as well as the technical side, but I think it depends a lot on the industry and the vertical that you're talking about, right? One of the things that, that we can see in maybe a more... Um, you know, call it a commercial space or, or even call it utilities, right? Or cities that state and local governments have limited budget with what they can do and how they can do it, right? And they do have they do have those customers. They do have clients that reside within their cities, keeping the water safe, right? Keeping the electric uh, going um, and, and that area. But when you're looking at different areas like a manufacturing environment where you have uh, you know, five or 600 cars going through a day 24-7, right? That that environment with one, um, you know, slip of a USB being put into a, a front-end machine and throwing the weld off by two millimeters can, can re- raise havoc, right? Or even rebooting an, an environment so that can you afford to have hundreds of machines getting rebooted saying probably not, right? So all of those things, I really think, if you're looking at it from the social or business perspective of this, what does each one of these verticals look like and how do they have their specific areas? And, and for us, you know, we've looked at, at four areas that, that we concentrate on with regard to manufacturing, uh, medical, military, and municipalities, the 4Ms, if you will to focus in on and hone on those areas where they have their specific interests. So I I think that, and then looking at the mix between working from home now and working on the factory floor of the office has really contributed to exponentially opening up areas that maybe in the past, before the pandemic, we didn't consider so much. So those are my two two cents.
2: I think there's definitely been a trend, historically speaking, that when companies aren't hitting their revenue goals, right? They tend to decrease funds allocated for R&D and security. (laughs) And as you just pointed out, we're not in a position where we can can maintain that anymore, right? There's too much dependency on our world being online all the time. And it's not just a function of cost anymore, it's a function of quality of life.
7: Yeah, Martha, this is Jim. just wanted to add to that. I, I think people and companies specifically need to stop thinking about cybersecurity as a cost center and applying those same ideas that you normally would to a cost center, that, that is that's you know, that's lost money that will never come back. And if we're gonna cut anywhere, we're gonna cut that out of the budget right? Um, You know, look at different training budgets and things that always get slashed when times are a little difficult for companies. Cyber should not be in in that same mindset, right? Cyber is a preventative expense that's necessary for a company because we all know too well that companies don't come to grips with with the experience that they're going to have when they actually do get a cyber attack. And that's the wrong time to be thinking about your budget for cybersecurity.
3: Yeah, right, Jim. I mean, I can, I can 100% echo that because not only that I agree with you, but I have experienced it uh, firsthand. I mean, I was a rate setter in the state of California. I ran a very large federal power grid. And I can tell you, I mean, one thing that echoes uh, every single day for me is we are as strong as our weakest link. So uh, when I operated the federal grid state of California, I had several municipalities and all that. We did data transfer, you know, and uh, awareness is so important at every level. And you know, uh, cybersecurity may be very important to me, but it may not be as important to that small utility, that small municipality, and there goes my cybersecurity posture. You know so we have to, I mean, if and and I, I kind of empathize with their thought as well, because for them, I mean, uh, at the end of the day, they want to keep their rates low. They want to make sure that they average out at like five or six cents per kilowatt per kilowatt hour you know in the market. And every dime they put in, uh, the ratepayers are going to ask, what is it in for me, you know, and cybersecurity doesn't get them anything. You know, most people don't understand that keeping uh, the business secure is how you uh, maintain a, a, a good rates. Uh, they, they just want to see that put into a substation or, or a transformer or a transmission line so they can make more money or, or reduce the rate. It's very really hard, and I totally echo with you, Jim, on this one. Uh, it's it's very hard to uh, uh, keep uh, keep that posture at every level. So awareness education is very important to do that. And we have done that, but still, it's it's, it's a daunting task. Yeah, it really, it really is. And the
7: the only other thing I'll comment on, and then I'll let everybody else comment, is. You know, a lot of companies think that the government agencies are going to be there for them when something occurs, and as we all know, they're stretched very, very thin. They have they have good ideas on how they want to help folks, but all too often you hear those stories of uh, people engaging with the three-letter agencies, namely the FBI and others saying, look, I I have a ransomware attack. This is the situation. We've been able to drill it down to these IP addresses, whatever cybersecurity capability they may have on the forensic side. However, the agencies are overloaded, right? And, And they typically tell people, unfortunately, that depending on the amount being requested by the adversary, Uh, to pay the ransom Mm -hmm. and then it becomes an issue and I've been in part of these situations many times with the forensics folks and negotiating actually helping the company negotiate the ransom down uh, because they have no idea how to do it and uh, so and then you enter in the whole crypto piece of bitcoin and it's a you know, it's, it's a very daunting task for especially a small, medium-sized company that really has no idea. So preventative measures, I know it's, it's hard to stomach, but it's so important for companies to at least have a conversation at the senior management level or at the board level and stop checking boxes about cybersecurity because that doesn't help when you get attacked.
2: I mean we're really all an echo chamber, right? We all agree with that, and I think it's really hard to get our non-security focused counterparts you know on board on board with that. Um, Sean, I know you're not a guest, you're a fellow host, but I'd be interested to know your thoughts too.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're dancing all around it and it, you know so when we talk about information security, it's just been rebranded this new term cyber, right? Because 80 percent of our business process automated and that's what we need to be able to convey to the the organization analyze the process especially those most critical ones that could disrupt your business you know when we're talking about ransomware ransomware has exponentially gone up i've seen two reports this week that it's going to cost uh at least a quarter of a trillion dollars by 2031 um, to businesses so what are the big things that we can do that are part of your Business processes that aren't necessarily cybersecurity focused, BCDR, backing up your information, backing up your data. Um, it's a lot easier to say pound dirt and up uh, from a, a current than it is to you know pay you know millions and millions of dollars. But then the other aspect of it is, what is the breach? Did they did they just you know encrypt your environment, or do they actually have a copy of uh, your information your data as well and if that's privacy information because we want to bring that back to privacy um then we have a bigger issue um, but it all comes back down to the human element and um, we have all seen uh and discussed today um you know there's we're remote we're in the cloud you know bring it back to what chris talked about what's the synergy of, of the discussion Because we're more remote now, there is more of a requirement for the education, the training, the awareness aspect. We just got contacted by a multi-billion-dollar global corporation to do cybersecurity basic uh, uh, cybersecurity onboarding training because they don't have anything in place. And so, one of the basic ones that we have is about two hours long. It's 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 asynchronous. Um, So, and it's got 12 modules. So they came back and no, 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 no. We need something that's like uh, five to 10 minutes um, to be able to, that's not, that's just scratching the surface. And so, again, the culture associated with those who are leading the organization, um, bring it back to the municipalities and the local government. Um, Some of our classes with our cyber executives, we're still hearing from the government leadership. You know, talk to a CIO who's also dual hatted as CISO, who's also dual hatted as the C. And so, limited budget. The changes come back to who's leading the government. So, the council, mayors, they're cyclic. Everybody's running for election every two to three years. So, to you know, the, the focus for those you know government leaders is not on what the CISO or the CIO needs. You know to be able to protect the city's information or the data it's to get collected. and they start that almost as soon as they come back on board so all of it is just all of it comes together right
2: sean i'm an analogy person so as you were talking i was envisioning like an operation room that we all know needs to be sterile and some a business person coming in telling the doctor no no don't worry about a sterile room just quickly wash your hands
1: Yeah, now we're on the battlefield, and sometimes that yeah.
6: really is how we triage things. I would like to add here something that uh, that uh, we should not look at cybersecurity uh, according to return on investment. You know, this is a major problem. Many organizations say, "Okay, if I invest hundred thousand, what will I gain?" I th- I think it is. It is incorrect. We need to invest in education. Yes, education must be short, cost-effective, and uh, this is very, very important. And uh, furthermore, we need to invest in incident response training. Just think about it. What is the return on investment if you train your people what to do exactly? when the incidents occur and still many companies are not doing it so what we should do in 2022 we are already doing great things but whatever we are doing we just need to do it slightly better with more attention okay yeah. those companies which ca- which cannot afford to have their own people they need to work with manage is security service providers. When we are talking about remote access, every remote access must be authorized and must be supervised. There must be a person who is responsible for disconnecting the remote access when the the, uh, action is completed. So many things we can do. And I just hope that people will listen and uh, say, okay, what next what you are offering us to do
0: all right so jonathan bringing into you uh what is your highlights uh being one of our best performing shows last year tell us the highlights and what you think the uh the top points in 2021 were
4: so i had a couple uh the big one chris i see is uncertainty um I think that that kind of wove its way through 2021 and presented itself in a multitude of different ways. Um, But I think if I had to pick a theme and a trend for 2021, I would say it's uncertainty. Um, Doesn't matter if you're looking at financial markets, if you're looking at government spending. Um, I mean, I can circle it back around to kind of your topic. I mean, look at the uh look at the changes that uh, OSD pulled in November with CMMC. Uh, so, I mean, I would say that uncertainty is the biggest theme or trend I have seen in 2021 across all sectors in touching basically everybody. And I think if people thought for a minute that they could probably write down ten ways that uncertainty affected either them. In their professional life, their business relationships, their strategies, or even at home. I mean, lots of us with kids, right? It's 10 o'clock at night, you get an email saying, "Hey, school's canceled tomorrow." Um, so uncertainty is what I'm going to go with.
0: Yeah, So how does that you know compare to other times of uncertainty? You know, we've been around for a couple of years. We've seen those back in other downturns or whatever. Is it the worst we've ever seen?
4: I don't know if it's the worst we've ever seen. I think that the speed of information certainly has something to do with how it affects people. Um, you know, I one of my you know favorite things to talk about is people are like, oh, you know, pick pick a statistic, and they're like, it's so much worse than it was, you know, fifty years ago, crime rate. I mean, any anything. Well, if you actually go back and look at the metrics, it's not. It's the speed of information that changes our perception of that. Uh, It's not the reality that's changed. It's our perception of it. So again, when I say, you know, the the uncertainty, I don't know if it's more than it has been in the past, but I think it's definitely more palpable to people. And I think it touches them in ways they didn't conceive it would touch them. Um, And yeah, there's... This, I will say, due to the speed of information, things change much faster now um, than they have in the past. And I have, I do think that is a change. So I don't know if necessarily the amount of uncertainty has changed, certainly in certain industries and parts of our lives. It has, you know, you show up at the airport, is your plane going to be there? Maybe, maybe not. Mm -hmm. Uh, But certainly our awareness Of the uncertainty, I would say, is definitely at an all time high.
0: You know, I'm really uncertain whether.
2: (laughs) You know, um, what I was thinking, Jonathan, when you were talking is, you know, I'm really curious what patterns of behavior look like with this, right? So, at times, historically, at times when there's a high amount of uncertainty, I wonder if people really are concerned with security practices or if that kind of goes out the window in favor of other you know, concerns or distractions that people may have. Do you have any thoughts on that?
4: I do. And I can actually tie it back again to, you know, kind of our, you know, if we want to, you know, our cybersecurity flair, right? Start with, you know, probably the organization I know best because it's who I work for. You know, look at DOD. Um, Look at all the number of people, the number of people, right, that were permitted to work from home. Well, 10 years ago, five years ago, three years ago, I mean, you had to go to your CEO, right, you had to get you had to get permission to work remotely. Um, The security things were largely a huge giant pain. And that's becoming very commonplace. And I would flat out just argue, and you know, Sean, I'm sure has some opinions on this. People working from home is not as secure as people working at a facility where there's oversight because you have much more of the human element involved. Uh, Problems that can happen, right? You're going from using a a Wi-Fi network, maybe that's managed by, you know, DOD or some contractor at a very high level. Well, now you're on your Linksys system, right? That's your 16-year-old setup. So, yeah, I think there are there are definite ways that things have fallen between the cracks. Uh, But I also think it's one of those times where people stop to actually be aware of what's going on. I think those are the people that are going to adapt the best, Uh, because, yes, even though, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty and a lot of fluid changes unless you kind of keep in the back of your mind what's really important, um, those things are gonna fall by the wayside too. Um, a very specific example of that I have seen um, is that right in this buildup to CMMC, we have basically what I would call is the uh, you know the foundation, which is the NIST 800-171 uh, uh, standard. And I've seen this across the industrial base uh, because, really, from DOD, the only hard requirement was that you do the assessment, right? You come up with your POAM, you know, you have your implementation, um, your manual, and you put your score into the SPRS system. For 80%, I don't know, Sean, tell me. That's all they did.
1: And yeah, if, Self-attestation and self-attestation is a checklist. And if nobody's asking, nobody's monitoring. And, and exactly. some of the, the
4: POAMs that I've seen look like a construction schedule. Call it a one-year schedule. And it looks like they're building the entire house in the last two weeks, right? They right-loaded everything because all they were doing is trying to get that score in. And now, right, back in either the last week of October, or 1st of November, I don't remember the exact date, right, they basically pulled that whole program back, said, hey, we're going to basically revisit the whole thing, stop doing what you're doing, but, you know, you have to be, you know, fully compliant with 800-171. And then a couple of weeks ago, I found out, um, so, right, I've been helping people, like, you know, focus on this, right? You can't keep kicking the can. You've got to get this done. And there are some real, you know, take out the, the techie reasons we like to talk about. There's money at stake here, right? If you don't manage this carefully, it is going to cost you some, it's not a matter of, you know, if, it's a matter of when down the road, right? Because there's adversaries out there. And in some cases, these are basically just criminal thugs that are going to take advantage of this situation. And so now we have the, you know, these companies, right? They're basically like, oh, well, we're going to rate load it all. We're going to wait to see what happens. Well, I happen to know that, for instance, General Dynamics is using that SPRS score as a discriminator right now. And if your score, and I'm only talking about a couple of business units that I know well, if your score is not up to a certain threshold, then you don't get to do business with GD, that business unit. Um, I see that being rolled out very quickly in some of the big prime contractors uh, and be like, oh, you have a negative, you know, I'm trying to think of the worst I've seen. But I mean, I've definitely seen in the negative 80s more. uh, Those people aren't going to do business and it's not going to be the federal government that says that the prime contractors, I believe, are going to lead that charge.
0: All right. Thank well, you. thanks for everybody that, that joined on today. We definitely appreciate it. And uh, this uh, special year in review for 2021 and what to look forward to the 2022. Thanks everybody for joining.
3: Thank you. Hey, perfect. perfect. All right.
0: Perfect. Bye. You heard it today on new cyber frontier. <laughs> right. Sorry. Can <laughs> you hey, edit that out. <laughs>